The scripture today is from Romans 8, verses 12 through 17. It can be found on page 983 of your pew Bible. So then, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So I'm wondering, when did, when did God become so scary? Am I the only one who thinks God's a little intimidating? Right? God's kind of, and I don't know what it is, but we, we have, we have come, become a culture here in the United States in particular where, where God seems just downright scary. And I don't know if it's because of guilt. You know, do we feel just guilty like, because we know God can just see all that ugly stuff that we try to hide for everybody else, and we know God can see it, and so we're like, eh, I don't even want to, you know, like when my children know they've done something bad, they don't do this much anymore, they're too old, but when they were younger, you know, and they can't look you in the eye, and they kind of just, <laughs> and you're like, okay, what did you do? <laughs> What's broken? <laughs> Uh, sometimes I think we approach God this way, and I don't know if it's you know it's our guilt or, or maybe we just feel like God's just too, you know, transcendent for us, or, or maybe we don't want to take up God's time, you know, with our, our boring stuff or unimportant life issues. Maybe we don't want to seem like we're whining, or anything like that. But you know what? It hasn't always been this way. In fact, if we read the Old Testament, if we look at uh, Scriptures from the very beginning when we see in Genesis chapter 2 the description of what paradise is like. Paradise, described in Genesis chapter 2, is a place where humanity and God walk together. They talk together. And in fact, when when, uh, Adam and Eve had partaken of the forbidden fruit and disappeared god came to walk with them in the garden and they were hiding again much like my children right (laughs) and they were hiding and god is looking for them and wondering what happened to them and sometimes it feels like that something has happened to us but but there was other intimacy that went on. Moses. Moses is a great example. And of course, Moses was a, a great prophet, but Moses and God had this incredible relationship. Uh, God called Moses to come and lead the Hebrew people out of slavery. Moses didn't want to do it, pled with God, made his case, and finally just said, God, send somebody else. But God said no, and they're they're wandering in the wilderness, and every once in a while, Moses would be like, God, just smite them just get rid of these people i'm so sick of their stiff neckedness and their their idiotic 
complaints. Just wipe them out. And God's going, no, 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 that's okay, Moses. You know what? We're going to give them another chance. I'll give them a little water, throw some manna their way. We'll be okay. It's all going to work out. And then there were other times in Exodus where God is going, I'm going to smite him, Moses. I swear I'm going to smite him. I'm going to take them all out. We're going to just start all over. And Moses is going, no, 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 no. Wait a minute, God. Let me talk to them. I'll talk to them and we'll see where we go. What a great intimate relationship Moses had with God. It doesn't stop there. Uh, all the patriarchs seem to, seem to have this kind of bold relationship with God. And even the prophets, Jonah uh, defies God, disappears, runs to the ends of the earth, and then God drags him back, you know, the whole fish thing. And then God drags him back, and he does what God, he begrudgingly does what God wants him to do. And then uh, I'll be darned, the people of Nineveh repent, and Jonah is so mad about it, he just, he just wants to spit, and he just tells God, just kill me now, because I knew, I knew that you would forgive them, and I'm just, he was real pouty about it. Uh, Jonah was just real pouty to God about what God, you know, about saving the Ninevites, and so Jonah was all frustrated, and, and God you know, say, oh, Jonah, come on, you know, who are you, why do you care who I, ex- you know, give grace to? Why does it bother you? Just relax. And uh, uh, Jeremiah, I love Jeremiah. I call Jeremiah the angry servant because Jeremiah did not hesitate to bawl God out. And he had reason to. Jeremiah was called to come to tell the people that they were basically being being dragged into Babylonian exile and of course no one liked hearing that uh to the point that they they beat him up and they they threw him in this big hole this cistern and he had to sit there for a while and then they they just rejected everything he said and nobody liked him the kids wouldn't play with him nobody invited him over to his house uh he was just an outcast and finally in chapter 20 verse 7 uh jeremiah says god you are a liar he says you have deceived me and i have been deceived he calls god a liar a liar now of course if you keep reading somewhere around the 17th verse or so his complaint turns into praise there's something about that you know you get all that you spew all that out god you liar you jerk and somewhere around a few verses later, it turns into praise you for all the blessings that I've been given and you are my redeemer, You're, you save me from all these things. And oh, He talks it out, right? He talks it out to God. And you know what? God can take it. God's got big shoulders. <laughs> but I don't know what happened. Somewhere around the second century, something, something changed in the Hebrew people and the Jewish people. Around the second century, all of a sudden, God started, people started talking, you know, theologians. When you got people who can just sit around and think about these things, it's dangerous, right? Instead of working, you know, when you've become, that's when you're civilized, when you can have a, an exclusive class who just sits around and thinks about God. And they started coming up with this thing of, of God, God is just too holy to even come near the, you know, us wicked, wretched, awful people so god is just too you know too transcendent and so that's when angels started becoming important in fact you know we had angels in the old testament but then come around the second century all of a sudden angels had jobs 
You know, Michael was a, an angel warrior, and Gabriel was a messenger with a, with a trumpet. Uh, you know, he had, they had skills, right? They had talents. And they had names. All of a sudden, we're naming them. Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, all these, all these angels start getting names. And so we started talking to the angels instead of talking to God. And at some point, uh, around the first century BCE, we couldn't even say God's name. They changed from talking about Yah. Anytime they started, they saw the word Yahweh, which is God's name, means I am, again, coming from Exodus. But anytime they saw Yahweh, they changed it to Adonai. Adonai is just Lord, right? And, and some Orthodox Jews do this today still. They won't say the word Yahweh or even the word God. <laughs> uh, and, and they changed it so that they, because they didn't want to even. You know, they didn't want to get God's attention unless they had something really good to, to bring to God's attention, right? You, or, and they didn't want to break the second commandment. You're not taking the Lord's name in vain. We don't seem to mind that these days, but back then it was a big deal. And uh, so they changed it to Adonai. Well, you want to create some distance. Uh, you know, just don't call people by their name. I mean, how awful, how awful for God, right? That God doesn't even get called by God's name, but is called Lord. It's kind of like, I get a little, if you always call me pastor, right? it creates a little bit of a distance between us. It, it draws some lines. It creates some barriers. I'm pretty good at breaking those barriers down, but <laughs> and it doesn't take long before you're calling me other things. <laughs> but, you know, not saying someone's name kind of creates this barrier, doesn't it? And I don't know what happened, but somewhere God became so distant, so detached. And it persists to this day. I think we still get a little uneasy about going before God with our honest feelings and our honest selves. We struggle to go before God with our anguish, with our sorrow, with our ire and our anger. We struggle to go before God with our angst and our own we. And we have no ability to say to God, I just hate this world and everyone in it and myself and I'm not really pleased with you either. Somehow we think God's uh, ego is a little fragile. In fact, our songs kind of reflect that. We just keep laying all this praise on God. Oh God, you're wonderful. You're beautiful. You're exquisite. You're you're precious. You're and God is all those things. And I don't mind singing that. But I, I think we you know we don't have to pet God's ego <laughs> quite as much as we do. God can handle our thing. But what we tend to do is we you know we thank God for things even when we don't feel thankful and we. And we're really comfortable asking for prayers for someone else. God, be with so-and-so who's dealing with cancer. Be with so-and-so who's looking for work. Be with so-and-so who's dealing with these problems. And ignore mine, please. I just assume you didn't butt in. You know? and, and it really keeps God at a distance. But Paul tells us we don't, we don't really, God doesn't want that kind of relationship with us. The text today says, wait a minute, we are not slaves. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. 
We are not those who are held way off. We are the ones who are drawn near. Not only are we sons and daughters of the Most High God, but we are adopted into a royalty, a royal family. That means we're princes and princesses. Woohoo! You know, I, I, you know, I, that changes the nature of the relationship. You know, if we were enslaved again, which Paul says, do not allow yourself to be enslaved again and be pushed down, but to embrace this new relationship, this relationship that God longs to have with you. We are not. We don't call God Adonai anymore, Lord. We call God Abba, Daddy. That's what that literally means, Daddy. God longs for us to reach out like a child reaches for a loving mother or father. Daddy. That's the kind of relationship God longs to have with us. When Jesus came to preach, it was to preach that there are no barriers between ourselves and God, even our own sinfulness. Jesus came to bring forgiveness so that we could get over it (laughs) and come to God. Jesus came to talk against just just the structures that keep people out that tear those down so that you can come in. You know, when my kids were little, you're going to laugh at this, when my kids were little, well, when they were getting at an age where they could talk and talk back, <laughs> uh, I, I had in my mind that I wanted to teach them to call me sir and to call their mother ma'am. Did anyone do this? Right? Are you, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I bet you called your father sir. Surely. No. <laughs> the, yeah, I, I thought that, you know, a little respect. Of course, you all know my kids. That wasn't gonna, ever going to fly. But, uh, you know, I always thought, oh, I should, I, um, you know, I, if they just call me sir and, and ma'am, well, not call me ma'am, but their mom, ma'am, maybe... You know, we could keep them contained a little bit. <laughs> but I, I quickly realized we don't have, you know, my kids and I don't have that kind of relationship. Not that they don't respect me. Not that they do. But, <laughs> but we, have, we have an intimate relationship that, that makes Sir feel inauthentic. And inappropriate, actually. Try as I may. They know that we have a different kind of relationship. I'm daddy. I'm daddy and can I have this and that? And, and I'm usually ready to give it to them. So. <laughs> we have a deep and abiding... And not that, not that people who discipline have disciplined children don't have this, but it was clear that this was inauthentic who we are and i can tell you that in the mind in, in i think that what paul is trying to say to us today is that it is inauthentic for us who have come to know new life in jesus christ it is inauthentic for us who have come to to 
feel the Holy Spirit stirred up inside of us, to have the, the, the love and the laws of God internalized through that same Holy Spirit inside of us. It is inauthentic for us to push God away and to say, Lord out there, don't bother me here. It is ungenuine. It doesn't fit our relationship. It doesn't fit who God is in our life. What fits is for us to come to God with all that we are and all that we have and to just lay it bare and let God know us in the most deep and intimate ways possible and to be painfully honest with how we're feeling, how we're experiencing the world, how we're experiencing our faith, to come with all of our doubts and our frustrations and our anger and our angst and our depression and our sorrow and our grief. And to let God be our daddy in those moments. And our, you know, your daddy doesn't always fix it. Sometimes he does. <laughs> but he doesn't always fix it. But he always hangs in there with you. Mamas too. He always embraces you and holds you close. Gives you what you need to make it through the next few days and the next few moments, the next few seconds. The kind of genuine relationship God desires with us today. Let us pray. Abba, Father, we, Your children, come to You today. Help us to not put up barriers. Help us to not put up obstacles. Help us to not hold You away, but to let You come near. Help us to, through Your Holy Spirit, know You in deep and intimate ways and allow You to know us in deep and intimate ways. May that relationship be the source of hope and strength and courage that gets us through our difficult times and our joy-filled times. We ask this in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.